This is HPR episode 2723 entitled Using Elm in Context of Forex Game Client. It is hosted by Tukutoroto and is about 45 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Tukuto talks their decisions on structuring Elm application. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. writing Elm client for the for the Forex game that I'm working on. Initially when I started working on the game, I had an idea of writing it mostly with the HTML, the client side that is, and only had a little bit of scripting here and there. But as as the work progressed I soon realized that it it wouldn't work very well that, and there was some Things that I perceived that might cause performance problems. For example, if you are in the old old way that I wrote, when you opened a display or the page that was used to design the spaceships, it always called to the. It first it loaded the Elm Elm program and then the Elm program lo- called to the server to load some data that was needed for the ship construction or ship designing. And if the user later on came to back to that site, that, that back to that page, it did that again. But that led me into thinking that maybe I should write the whole client in an element in a way that it loads the code only once and as the user navigates around the program it doesn't have to load the code over and over and over again, and it also could cache some data that typically doesn't change. It wouldn't have to retrieve it from the server side. For example, the technology technology tree that tells what player has researched and what, what they are able to build doesn't change that often. So it wouldn't have to download that from the server all the time. So all this led me into scrapping pretty much everything I wrote with the Yesod using Hamlet templates and look into writing the client side with the Elm. So um, as I said, the backend, the server side is in Yesod, Haskell, Haskell framework for web, web programs, and the client side is written in the Elm. So they need to communicate, and for that I choose pretty standard REST interface, REST-based interface. So there's plenty of JSON data flowing to back and forth. The back end and front end are, are 
written in a language that has static typing, which made it, I'll, at least in this current pro project, I really like it. Like it. The trans transfer of data in between is, of course, in a strings, so you need to have a you need to pay up, or I need to pay attention how how the how those strings are handled so that the data sent from the server doesn't change to something completely different on the client side. But luckily the Elm and Yesod has a pretty good good tools for this. So my goal for for this was to keep things as easy as possible, keep them type safe and extensible because I don't at the time time being I don't have that clear idea what I will be writing in a couple of months for example. And then there's of course the things like user authentication, authorization that I wanted to bring to the client side too. For example, you have to be able to tell the difference between regular player and administrator because administrators have their own set of views on the client side that they can use to examine the state of the system and do maintenance and such things. So the uh, typical architecture for the Elm has uh, four major parts. These are the model, view, messages, and update function. Model, model is a single type that captures the state of the program. View is a function that when given a model will render HTML and that HTML may contain things that produce events, for example on-click handler on, on some link or button and those are used to create messages, or rather they are instructed. They instruct Elm that when user clicks this thingy, you should create this kind of message. And the message is a single type again that captures all, all the interactions that the programs can have. For example, user clicking on some button, or program receiving a update from the server, or program sending update to the server. And the final final part is the update function that when given a model, current state of the program, and a message will produce a new model and a possibly new messages too. So, um, because of this I didn't have to really think how, what's the overall architecture of the program that was already given to me. But I had to figure out how to make this thingy sort of well, extensible. There's uh, multiple pages, for example one page, to view all the star systems that the player has found. And on knows of another page to to look into details of one of those star systems and then yet another page to look into details of a planet and do, uh, do things that uh, you usually do in a 4X game. 
on planets constructing things, changing policies, things like that. And I decided to split this thingy into pages. Like there's a one function to render each of these pages. Well, I mean, one function to render one page, and then another function to render an another page. And one function per page to handle the messages that it made create. And then one function to initialize the model when the page, page is open. I put in a links into the show notes into these examples of these functions. And then there's a one function to yeah, the one function to initialize the model when the page is open. This is this is basically to do when when a user opens a, for example a planet view for for first time for a certain planet and they the client doesn't yet have a data that is needed for the displaying that information. It will this this function will create a bunch of uh requests to the server that uh, by the way I need the population information for the earth and I need the, all the buildings that are located on the earth and I need the uh, things that are being constructed on the earth and those are sent to the server and when the response comes back that here's the data we store them into the model there's a uh, for the for example for the buildings there's a dictionary for that is keyed by the planet ID. Actually, it's keyed by the integer because you cannot. Sadly, you cannot put self-defined types into the keys as a dictionary. You have to cast uh, cast them to integers or strings, for example. There's only very few data types that you can use in the, as a keys in the dictionary. But in any case, those are stored in the dictionary. And you can find them if you if you know the ID of the planet, you can find buildings that are being constructed on it. And the view function that renders the planet, we look into that dictionary, find that uh, check if if the if there's a buildings present present, it will render them name and level and damage. I think. Info, information when it was last observed and if the information isn't present it will just leave the, that part of the queue empty I probably should put out some sort of indicator that, that would tell the user that the data isn't present and as soon as the update comes from the server it will it will change that part of the UI it will Elm, Elm does it in a way that as whenever a model changes, it will change respective parts of the UI on the on the DOM, the, on the on the browser. These are called reactive programming, and Elm, Elm is even functional reactive programming. It's really it's really nice. I I'm very I'm very happy work, working with the Elm. Because you can always, at least I have the 
feeling that you can pretty much always uh, indicate things like, for example, uh, if I have something that may or may not be present, then the data type is, data type of that is maybe that thing X, maybe buildings, if the building is the type type of the that tells me what kind of buildings are on the planet. And then on the when I'm rendering on the screen, the the Elm makes sure that I don't just nearly really start rendering them. It forces me to check that hey, this is, this thing might or might might not be present. The compiler will tell me that you did not do that. You have to do that. It doesn't it doesn't type check. So on the rendering part, uh, I have to account both cases. The information is present or information is not present, and that's 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 captured on the type level. In the model, it actually it really says that this might or might not be here. And as soon as the as soon as the thing changes, the UI changes. Okay, um, so the model is split into couple parts in in my system there's the general part that holds all the common data like planets that have been the information on the planets that have retrieved from the service stars star systems how much resources the player has what time is it in the game things like that 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 are can be uh, used pretty much everywhere and then there's a single type for each of the pages, for example, for the planets, the, um, for the view that is used to render the, or the page that is shown, shows the planet information, there's a type called planet R, R as a resource. I copied the naming convention from the YESOT. And that type holds the data that is needed for specifically for that page. Like if there's a info panels that player can open or close, or if there's a search fields that they can do use, that kind of information is used in that model. I mean, so in that that is a particular model type, and those two together, or actually the latter one is part of the first one. The view function that is used to render the planet information has that, that function has all the information it needs to for that rendering it, so each page has their own I, I guess one could call it view model I couldn't think better of better name that holds that data that is specific to that particular view and this is the one that is initialized by init function when a page is open first time. Okay, the messages, there's a uh, type that has inventively named as MSG, shortened of a, as a message, that holds all the messages that the program needs to react to, or send, actually sorry, to react to. And again, it has a separate message for each of those different views for 
for planet, there's a planet messages for the star system, there's a star system message. And that message contains usually the stuff that only that page needs. needs. User has clicked the open this info panel that, that sends a specific planet message. And then there's a happy message that it's used to deal with responses for the queries to the server. If, if, if my system has queried, ask the server to send information about the population on the planet, it will arrive back as an happy message, population received, and then that population received contains all the relevant information. And uh, these are handled by the update function in a Elm. All the all the messages are hand, handled by the single update function. They come to the single single function that is in charge of taking care of everything. And if you have a big program, it can get really really big. And that's no fun. So again, I split this into the smaller parts. Each uh, each subtap message have their own handler, so when the, the, or the, there's still one update function that is in charge of dealing with the messages, but that can delegate the handling to the other, other functions depending on the type of the message that actually arrived. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's all about messages. So where do these messages are sent to? These are, or rather, where do these queries requests are sent to? The Elm has a type ULL URL that that is just a specific type for the address to send the data, and all the Elm functions that deal with the networking. Use, use that one. I didn't want to use that because that would mean that I, ha I would have to write strings quite a, in quite many places. And I have, I have noticed that I tend to, tend to do typos in those and that will lead into hard to debug pro problems because, because the, that, that will lead into the incorrect behavior that is noticed only when the program is running. I rather have the typos caught in advance when you are when you are compiling the program. One way would would be to define constants for this, but I thought that again borrowing something from the ESR, I made our own type called endpoint, and this endpoint is used to capture. It, it has uh, it has all the uh, endpoints or it addresses that you can call on the server side, for example. And that type even captures the parameters that you need to send to the you need to give to that type. For example, if I wanted to uh, the request information about population on the planet, that uh, type. Uh, that constructor I would call is a API population, 
inventively named, and that takes a single parameter of type planet ID. So whenever I, I'm doing a call to the server and I want the API population, I can give this, this specific constructor, data constructor, and the compiler will make sure that I have typed it correctly and I have given it to a correct amount of parameters and those parameters are of correct byte. But of, and then on the behind the scenes I have a function that will turn this because the Elm of course doesn't understand these types. I I had to um first of all I had to define my own versions of of get, post, put and delete that map to the rest behavior and these take these endpoints as one of their parameters and they they under they know how to get from the uh, endpoint into the correct URL type. So mapping is in one place. And they also that for example get has information of what kind of event will be, uh, what kind of message will be created and what kind of decoder or JSON parser will be used to process this data. So when the response comes back from the server into the update function of ours, it, it has already been passed the JSON data has been mapped into the Elm object. So it's very nice, um, it's pleasant to use. You don't have to, there's a one place where you have to worry about uh, taking JSON data apart and constructing a Elm object and that place is somewhere behind the scenes that you don't have to worry about when you are doing these calls. Um, same, same system is done with the uh, pages. Instead of endpoint, this type is called root. The idea is the same though. The root captures the different pages and parameters that you are required to give when you want to move to that page. For example, if you go to the home page, it's just a home R. You don't need to give any parameters to that. But if you are, uh, you, if you want to send user to a specific page about specific planet, it takes two parameters. Planet R takes two parameters, star system ID and planet ID. And based on those two parameters, there's a root to string function that understands that uh, planet R actually maps into the string that is slash star system slash and then star system ID slash planet ID. So, and again, the Elm, of course, the HTML functions of the Elm 
don't understand about roots, so I actually defined my own version version of href that works identically to the Elms href, but instead of taking a URL, it takes a, this my root parameter, and then at the end of the when it's rendering the stuff on the screen, it will actually use the correct uh, Elms href to output the data on the, uh, to output the uh, HTML that that the browser understands. So there's a little bit of there's the whole Elm HTML library that is really good and a couple little additions that are specific to the system that I wrote here. And um what else? Ah yeah, uh the since 0.19 version of the Elm, the Elm program can be made aware of on what URL URL is it is being run. So this allowed me to wrote the system in a way that the that the uh, server the Yesod will serve the same Elm program from multiple locations. If for example if you if you go into the home page it will serve the same Elm program as if you went to the for example planet page or star system page or page about messages. They all will serve the exact same Elm program. And the Elm program itself is aware of URL where it was started, which allows it to in the in the startup to move to that correct view. It will render for the user it will look like they are they are starting from a different different pages within the program as as they actually are starting from the from the different page within the program, but it's still the same Elm program in every in each and every of these cases. I made this because it allowed me to, for example, this allows players to give links to other players if if they if they have opened a specific uh, planet, for example, they can just copy the URL, mail that URL to another player and say that hey, have a look at this planet, and if that another player has sufficient information, they have they have observed that planet at some some point opening opening that uh URL URL will give them the correct correct view. They can see the same same planet. And if they are members of the same faction they are getting the exact same information even. Because I I I had a feeling that it's important to even when the even when the program even when the client side is a single program, it is important to give the users ability to send links to another users and and have those links work in the way that they would work in a normal normal bed, not not a not in a case not in a because in some cases there are those single page applications 
where you cannot link into a sub view and I don't like those I think that uh, I think that the ability to link to a specific point in a system is a very crucial integral part of the web. Okay. Um, uh, um, yeah, and hmm, now I lost my thoughts. Okay. Um, there's a part of this that was regard for this is the, the we have the function root to string that when given a root will give you give you the correct string that you can use in the URLs but to facilitate the mapping from the another another direction we have uh, we had to create a mapping that tries when given a any kind of string as a URL will try to figure out what root that this would be. And part of that mapping for this is defined in the function root. That I have the definition of that in the show notes. That only that basically maps that if there's a for example if there's a string profile, nothing else, it will map to the profile page within the program. If there's a string star system slash star system ID slash planet ID, it will map to the planet R resource or root, sorry, root. And then the top root home R is used when passing fails. So whenever user for example, if user types the URL hello world, it, it will take them to the home route. And um, what else? Breadcrumbs. Yeah, there's a part of the, the really, this, this one I'm actually pretty proud of. I lifted the basic idea from the yeset again, but the uh, in top of the top of the uh, page, there's a breadcrumbs. This is just a hierarchical navigational aid. It displays uh, names of the pages that are earlier and not earlier on the history, but sort of at, above of this specific page that user is currently. When they are at the very beginning, it shows just a home as a text, but if they click to the, let's say, star systems, the breadcrumbs will read home slash star systems. And now home is a suddenly a link that you can click and get back to the home page. And on the star system page, users have a list of star systems that they are aware of. All this, all this, all this data that the client is showing is based on the on the reports that have been generated during the gameplay. I talked about those earlier. And those 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 reports are just telling the user that this is how you observe the how you observe the world. This is the information you have have. And the client is 
dealing only on those reports. The client never ever sees the actual data about what's the real state of the world. But uh, I got lost. Um, so when they they click on, uh, for example, a solve system, now the breadcrumbs will read home slash star systems slash solve. Not star system, not general name, but solve because that's the current system they are viewing. And home and star system texts are linked to those respective pages. And now the user are shown the details of the Sol system. There's a list of the planets that they are aware of. If they click the Earth, they are taken to the page that shows the details of the Earth. And now the breadcrumbs will read home star system, home slash star system slash Sol slash Earth. And all but the Earth are links to the, to the, to the, to the respective pages. This, the idea behind here is that the users are uh, they are aware of where, where, they, where they have navigated. They, they have some sort of contextual information of the location within the system, and they are also given a tool to quickly jump back to somewhere. They can use browser back button. Elm, Elm, the Elm program will detect that now they, now they have requested moving to a different URL and will serve the correct page within the Elm program. You don't, you don't actually exit the Elm program when you hit back or forward in the, in the browser until you go all the way to the back and you go back from the where you started from the the Elm program, then you of course are, are then you of course leave the Elm program, the, our, our game client, and return to possibly the start page of your browser, for example. So the breadcrumbs are offered another way. You don't have to use the back button, but you can directly, even if you are viewing the Earth, you can directly jump to the home page of the of the game game client by just clicking that home link. And the these 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 are defined. Uh, well, there's a little little bit of uh, functions that are not interesting, but the the breadcrumb. I've called it breadcrumb path, the whole thingy, is made in a, there's a function breadcrumb path that takes the model and produces HTML. That's the whole, whole thingy. And that also wraps it in a, some divs and styling and whatnot. The actual word work is done in a function called breadcrumb that takes a model because you need to know where you are. You need to... And then there's the boolean flag, which tells you if you are on the first node or in some another node. Then it gives you the current route that you want to construct the breadcrumb from, and it will produce you a list of HTML. And this, this will call itself recursively, recursively, the first first one is called with the 
flag being. Actually, I don't remember. I have to admit, I don't have code. I have only the that definition here. I think it was called with a boolean being true, say, meaning that this is the first element. And after, after that, the recursive code will turn that boolean to false. But I'm not 100% sure of that. Which, of course, means that I should get rid of the boolean flag and have a real type there. Type that is, for example, the breadcrumb placement that can have two values, first and some other, because then it will be visible on the type definition that what this boolean flag is actually used for. It would have a sensible name and it would have, well, it wouldn't have any more values or any less values than the boolean, but it, it would have a sensible name and it would have a type and it would mean that you don't accidentally stuff something incorrect there. Or it, at, at least it would make it harder to put something something incorrect there. And that that thing is uh, calling third function called segment that takes the model root and produces a tuple of string and maybe root. The string here that it produces is a actual text that is being shown. For example, in case of the home page, it, it just reads home. In case of the star system, it, it reads star systems. In case of the Earth, the planet Earth, it will read Earth. And for that reason, the function needs the model because the model holds the all the data that has, has been retrieved from the server. It has that dictionary that has the that uh, has the planet information and that dictionary is keyed by the planet ID well, integer actually because you, you still can put the planet IDs in the, as a keys of the dictionary and based on that information this segment who understands that now we are on a because root root is of course the planet R that has two parameters, star system ID and planet ID. Based on that information, that and the model that has was given the segment can retrieve from that dictionary that is in the model the information of the planet being currently shown and get the name of that planet and put that return that. As by the way, this is not just a, any planet; this is planet Earth. And the second parameter on the tuple that is returned is the maybe root. And that is used to indicate the parent of the, this segment. In the case of the home, it's nothing because there's no parent. But in the case of the, for example, if, if we are navigating to the, or have navigated to the view about Earth, the parent will be a star system, R. With a correct with a correct star system ID, and this will trigger the recursion in the breadcrumb function because it notices that okay this has a parent, so it will go to the it will call the segment again, and in the root it will give that uh, star system R as a parameter that that will produce a tuple with a string as a sol and uh, 
just um, star systems are as a parameter. And that, that will trigger the recursion again. And from, from that recursion, you are getting a, a home, actually. Yeah, home and nothing, because home doesn't have a parent anymore. So the, when, wherever you are, wherever the user is in the, within the system, the breadcrumb part, when given a model, will produce a, a list of all the, all the pages and their names starting from the home, ending to the current location, or starting from the current location, ending to the home, which, whichever way you, whichever way you want to view it. That was, uh, that, that part of the program was a kind of fun to code. I like, I like that. And as I said, I lifted, uh, borrowed this from the Yesod site. There's uh, quite a bit. I, I feel that there's quite a bit neat things on the Yeso that can be done that can that can be used in other systems and I have been using them on the Elm. There's a I like I like I said earlier you cannot use star system IDs, planet IDs, basically self defined types in the as a case of the dictionary that's a limitation of the Elm. That's uh I have had a couple bugs of because of that because the <clears throat> I have a, just a dictionary with a key as an integer and the integer of course doesn't tell you what it is used for it's just a it's just a number but everywhere else in the program pretty much I'm not I'm limit I'm trying to keep the use of primitive data types to the minimum instead. So all the places where I'm talk talking about planet planet IDs, the identification of the planet, it's the planet ID type. That is based, that only wraps a integer, but it gives it that wrapping gives the meaning to the integer and it keeps keeps you mixing the planet IDs for example with the star system IDs. And the same thing with the resources. I talked about the resources on the Elm side. Uh, sorry, on the on the Yesod side. And on the Elm side, there's a similar system. I uh, I couldn't figure out if if one can use phantom types. I think you cannot yet, or will never be able to. But I still have a I have I still can have a resources type that has a three type of resources, the biological resources, the mechanical resources, and the chemical resources. So at least I'm not going to mix biological resources and mechanical resources with each other. I might mix them in a different contexts in a, in a way that, for example, I would mix the construction speed with the uh, resource required uh, with the required amount of resources and things like that, but uh, still I'm sort of happy how the resource handling is done on the resource handling as not, not as a images and such, but resources as a 
raw resources that the player uses to construct things. And I'm fairly happy how it's handled on the Elm side. I probably missed quite a bit while trying to explain, but if if something else comes to mind, I'll I'll record a new episode and have a feeling that if I keep working on this game, it will it will take ages, like years and years, to get it to somewhere some somewhat playable state. But it's a it's a fun project. I am having lots of fun fun trying to learn the Haskell and Elm and web programming and and whatnot. So um, I would be interested to hear if you have any experiences experience on Elm how you how you like the language so far. It's a relatively young language, and if you and if you have experience on the Elm and some other of these new languages like PureScript or even some JavaScript frameworks like React and how and Elm if you if if you can talk about the differences and the similarities between them, I would be extremely interested in hearing those on the Hacker Public Radio. But this is Tuukka, this was quite a long episode. I'm trying to keep this a little shorter in the future. So, have a good day. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.